0: Good morning and welcome to 2021 here at Mayflower Church. We are celebrating a new year and celebrating so we can gather in the space to virtually worship together. Here at Mayflower, we believe that faith is a journey. God is good. Jesus saves. And the spirit leads us toward faith, hope, and love as we honor the dignity of all God's children. I am Reverend Ruth Bell Olson. And along with Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, we are your interim pastoral team. This morning, Dr. Julia Brown, our director of music, is here, as well as our cantors, Aaron Gilbert and Abby Brooks. Pat McGuire is our live stream specialist. We are always grateful that he makes these services viewable. I now invite Dr. Julia Brown to share a word about today's music.
1: I want to thank both Aaron and Abby for being here today and for leading our singing and for Aaron's beautiful violin playing. Um, It's a wonderful way to begin our Epiphany Sunday with a violin piece that combines We Three Kings with What Child Is This? Today I want to highlight two carols, two new carols that you will hear. Uh, One of them as our introit called Starchild, and the other will be used as our communion liturgy. Uh, Both of these texts were written by living women uh, hymn text writers. Uh, Shirley Arena Murray from New Zealand wrote Starchild in 1994, And I love this carol because it moves us away from that intimacy of the manger and the Christmas long ago and puts us into Christmas and forcing us to ask, what does that mean to us today? And so the refrain that you will hear this year, let the day arrive uh, where Christmas comes to everyone alive. So that is the the essence of what Shirley is saying in this carol. What can we do in the 21st century to make sure Christmas comes to everyone? And uh, the communion refrain that we will be singing combines uh, the well-known carol Greensleeves. We use the words, what child is this? And uh, Dolores Dufner takes Uh, This carol and sets communion words, what feast of love. And what she is doing is combining the mystery of the Eucharist with the mystery at the manger.
0: Thank you, Julia. Here at Mayflower, we're a family and we're part of the larger family of God. And when those in our family are struggling and suffering, we all struggle and suffer. So this week, two of our Mayflower members lost their family members and are grieving at this time. Doug Condon lost his brother Rick, and Shirley Vanderwilt lost her sister Jackie. They both died this week. So please remember Doug and his family and Shirley and her extended family in your prayers this week. Our journey of faith today is taking us to Epiphany. Epiphany is... Officially recognized on January 6th, so in anticipation, we rejoice in the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles as presented to the Magi. And now for our call to worship, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise among you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Come, let us worship the God of light and glory. Let us join our hearts together for our opening prayer. Holy One, we welcome this new year. We've endured a painful season, and we look forward with great anticipation to what you have in store for us. Guide and direct us. Give us dreams and visions for the future. May we trust you and follow you in faith and in joy. Amen.
2: The first scripture reading for today is from Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. For from you shall come a ruler, who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage." When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: second scripture reading for today is from Matthew, chapter 2, verse 13 and 19 through
3: 21.
0: Now, after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child, to destroy him. When Herod died an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
4: Before I get started this morning... Uh, I would like to make two quick confessions. First confession is last week I was talking about political differences inside our church, Republicans and Democrats national policy, and we put those aside to join together in Christ. I apparently wasn't very clear because many of you thought that we had underlying problems inside the church, and that's not the case right now. So I apologize if I sowed any confusion. Uh, My sermons often do that. The second thing that I have to confess is the sermon I am going to preach is not the sermon that I wrote on Monday. The reason is Julia, Ruth, and I meet every Tuesday or Wednesday to plan the worship service, and I had a great idea for today's worship, and I said, please. Give me very frank feedback on this. And I told them about a vignette that I was going to use. And I looked at them in expectation thinking, boy, you hit the right stuff on the sermon. And there was dead silence. Julia was kind of looking at me. Ruth had the same expression. And then Ruth said, well, people like stories like that. But what does that have to do with the Magi? So this is the sermon I wrote on New Year's Eve. Will you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Amen. When we look at mainstream Protestantism, Methodist, Presbyterians, Congregationalist, What do we see? We see a decline. People aren't coming to our churches. They're flocking to Pentecostal churches. But our churches are losing members. Could we find an answer to that in today's story? There's a lot of strange stories in the Bible. Talking snakes and donkeys, chariots of fire, turning water into wine, and the greatest story of all, the resurrection. Lots of mystery. Lots of confusion. And there are dreams. Jacob has a dream. Dreams permeate the Old Testament. Dreams appear in the New Testament in Matthew loves to talk about dreams. We heard it three times in today's story. The Magi are worn by a dream. Joseph is worn by a dream. And he is called back by a dream. Strange story. We don't tend to make decisions based on dreams in our age. Well, today we are celebrating the Magi. And we are celebrating these people who came to worship the baby Jesus. A few weeks ago, Ruth gave me a very interesting article by a Catholic scholar on the wise men. We call them wise men when the Greek text says magi. Some interpreters have just, included, uh, had just concluded to make them masculine. The second thing we do is make them three. Why? Because they bring three gifts. There may have been 27. The Bible doesn't say. Well, the the article Ruth gave me was extremely interesting because this scholar, based on extra biblical evidence and historical evidence, believes that the wise men were not wise men at all. They were wise women. Does that change something in the structure of the church? We're used to having the three wise women here at Mayflower, but I had never seen a scholastic article about this. To me, it would change the entire story, the way I would view it. And then what about Mary? When you think about the Incarnation, if you're like me, the first thing you think about is Jesus, God incarnate. But Mary answered the call. Mary said, here am I. Mary said, all people will call me blessed. It was Mary that bore Jesus, that went through the pain of childbirth that laid him in a manger. Wasn't there something special about her? For Catholics and Orthodox, it's not a problem. Yes, there is. We mainstream Protestants have a problem. We don't know what to do with Mary. Well, I find Mary's presence very affirming. And Mary Magdalene, and the other women who supported Jesus during His ministry. So critical in the development of the church. If you will allow me, I'm going to engage in a stereotype for a moment. If you have hair the color of mine, or the receding hair like me, you're going to understand what I have to say. When we were growing up, there were stereotypical roles for men and women. They weren't right because we all have a feminine side and we all have a masculine side. But in the 1950s and early 1960s, they were pretty well set. And Dad embodied the power in the family. The person who went out into a competitive world. The person who won the person who beat the competition. And the person who came home with the discipline. Heck, there was even a show called Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. I'd never seen it, but I heard that enough uh, as I was growing up. Another one that I watched continually, Father Knows Best. The masculine role. But there was a stereotyp- stereotypical female role, too. And that role was mom, the nurturer, the problem solver, the compromiser, the peep the person who made us all get along. The person who carried us and gave birth to us. Now, as I said, those stereotypes are wrong because. Everybody, regardless of gender orientation, sexual preference, or uh, anything, everybody has those two characteristics and they're balanced in particular ways. But I'm wondering if our churches have emphasized the so called masculine skills too much. We're about bureaucracy. We're about winning. We're about competition. We are about rationalism. Should we not be about compassion and justice? Should we not be about wisdom, problem solving, and getting people to get along? Well, I find thinking about three wise women really helps me do that. And it also opens up an old tradition in both Judaism and uh, Christianity. And that tradition was to experience the Ruah in Hebrew, the breath or the spirit of God. In feminine terms, Ruah would be translated in the New Testament as Logos, or in English, the Word, the Wisdom of God. And the Church frequently depicted the third person in the Trinity, Wisdom, Word, Logos, as female. The compassion, all the other traits were there, all combined in one. Now before you think, wait a minute, you're going way out on a limb, John. Let's turn to Proverbs. In the eighth chapter. Then I was beside God when God marked out the foundations of the earth. I was there like a master worker, an artisan. I was God's daily delight, playing before God all the while, playing over the whole earth. The feminine side of God, a companion. Hildegard of Bengen looked at Mary and thought of her as the mother who had given us life, the mother who had given birth to the Christ. And the Christ, Jesus, who fully recognized the Christ in him, told us the spark of the divine is in you too. And he tried to draw us together. That's present in almost all the world's major religions, that spark of divinity. It's present in a lot of secular thought, although they use different words to express it, but it's still truth. As we are called into this strange story with contradictions, if you saw the star and you know where he was, why did you go to Jerusalem and say, where is he? And if you're talking to Herod, why would you want to think that that bloody despot would want to go worship a new king. He would get rid of them. He would do anything he could to hold on to power. And warned in a dream. Couldn't you have figured that out on your own by looking at Herod's record? And Joseph warned by a dream. And called home by a dream. Strange story. And if we look for the meaning of that story in terms of rationalism, we can miss the point. It's ho-hum. It's dry. But if we look at that story from different views, we open up our scriptures for what they really were what they really are, and what they really will be. The Bible is not all one book. We put it in all one book. But when it was formed, when it was written, it was a bunch of separate works. The Bible contradicts itself at times. There are parts of the Bible that are so complex that we simply can't understand them. And commentators said, we're not sure what this means. This is what we think. The Bible is rich, and the Bible speaks to us in dream language. I'm not suggesting at Mayflower we have to dance in the aisles, although that would be fun to see. I'm not suggesting we have to raise our hands above our heads and scream hallelujah, I'm not suggesting that when the preacher makes a good point, we all holler out, Amen! What I am suggesting is we need to recapture our stories. Because if we go into our dreams, if we go into our imaginations, if we go into our speculation about God, snakes... And donkeys can speak. There are chariots of fire. Water is turned into wine. And the greatest mystery of all, resurrection. We Congregationalists pride ourselves on rationality. We don't have stained glass windows, we want the light to come through but maybe we need to revisit mystery. Maybe we need to revisit Holy Spirit. Maybe we need to think about the completeness of God made up of all types. In the early 20th century, there was a movement to demythologize the Scriptures. That doesn't, when you use myth in religious talk, it means a sacred story that reveals truth far beyond the truth of the story. And theologians like Rudolf Boltman said, demythologize it. Let's get to the basics and see what really was going on. It doesn't work. The Scriptures are mystery. The wise people, whether male or female, are mystery. A star shining in the sky is a mystery. And so are dreams. But if we approach God in a spirit, it can even be sitting quietly. It can even be experiencing something that we don't expect to experience. We will see that we are a spiritual people. The Bible is art, a beautiful painting. The Bible is a poem that speaks to our heart. The Bible is dramatic narrative full of symbols. The Bible is a symbolic work of truth written in a dream language. Three wise men, three wise women. I don't know, but I do know when we take the spiritual journey, we see a star come to the mystery. It will change you. You'll see the Christ inside you and you'll never be the same. And then you'll look at the world and see that suffering in the world is God's suffering. You'll be motivated to work for justice. You'll be motivated to work against racism. You'll be motivated to to work for economic equality. You'll be... Motivated to work in compassion. I kind of like the idea of three wise women. In the name of the Creator and the Christ and the Holy Spirit, Amen.
0: As we begin this new year and we embrace an imagination of where this year might take us, we rely on the faithful gifts and offerings of this congregation to sustain us. So thank you for giving generously.
4: Before we begin the liturgy for the Eucharist, I would like to say in this time of separation with COVID, take whatever elements you have at home. We'll pray that the Holy Spirit is present with you. And if you want to just participate symbolically, please do that. If we, we will pray that that Spirit is present. In this celebration of Epiphany, we rejoice because the grace of God has come to us all in the birth of Jesus Christ. This morning, as we pray together in thanksgiving for the hope that has come in the world, we will sing together our response. You will find the words printed in your e-bulletin.
0: Pray. God of darkness and light, in dreams and visions, in words and stories, ancient and new, you speak to us your promise of a love that knows no bounds. We give thanks to you for your Son, Jesus Christ, your love incarnate in the world. He is the light that shines in our darkness. This child of Mary and Joseph revealed your glory bringing hope to our despair and joy to our sorrow.
4: Send, we pray, your Holy Spirit on us, on this bread and this cup and whatever we're using at home or wherever we're we're watching this. Pour out your Holy Spirit on our community of faith to open our eyes to your presence, to open our hearts to your peace to open our spirits to your world. As we come together to this table gathering, we offer ourselves to you in praise and thanksgiving for your extraordinary presence in all creation. Amen.
0: Using the elements you have chosen at home, together we remember that night so long ago when Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it, sharing it with his disciples. We remember his words. This is my body broken for you. Take, eat, do this in remembrance of me.
4: Using the elements you have chosen at home, we remember as well how he took the cup and blessed it, saying, Drink for this, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
0: Giver of life, let your light shine upon us. May your grace be in our midst, and may your wisdom be our guide. Here, may the meeting of Christ with each one of us strengthen our faith, enrich our witness, and bring us closer to the light of Christ, now and forevermore. Amen.
4: As you go, may you have the strength to dream wild dreams of justice and peace and joy that overflows. May you have the confidence to trust God, who heard the cries of the Israelites in Egypt. He hears your dreams as well. And may you have the conviction to return to this space. For the best dreams. Those dreams we dream together. In the name of God, the original dreamer. Jesus, the dream come true. And the Holy Spirit, who enables us to dream. Go in peace. Go in love. Amen.